0: Today's episode of the Film Stage Show is brought to you by MUBI, the online streaming cinema. For your free 30-day trial, go to MUBI.com slash filmstage. Take my love, take my land, take me where I cannot stand. I don't care, I'm still free, you can't take the sky from me. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to a brand new episode of the Film Stage Show, the Movie Review Podcast with FilmStage.com. As always, I'm your host, Brian J. Rowan. With me today, we have Michael Snydell. Hello. I just wanted to say, I was wondering
1: why you were playing the Deadwood soundtrack for about 30 seconds and then felt like an idiot.
0: Yeah. No. Nope. No. Oh. That's
2: so sad. (laughs)
0: anyway moving on (laughs) to spare michael the embarrassment we also have bill graham (laughs) Woo! yeah and we are here today to talk about a different kind of serenity the film that somehow quickly eclipsed glass for having the apparently craziest twist ending of any film this year uh this year which is only like four weeks old but i can't I just don't know if there's going to be any movies that go crazier than this one. And so since Bill and I saw it out of curiosity, we forced Michael to (laughs) endure polar cold (laughs) in order to go out and see it. And so because we all wasted our time on it and uh, people are still talking about how crazy it is, we decided to do an episode on it. It's Serenity by Stephen Knight, starring Matthew McConaughey and Anne Hathaway and uh, Jason Clarke. We could have probably an entire podcast worth of talk about the trailers that came before this movie, of which Jason <laughs> Clark was the star of like two or three of them. Yes. Yeah, because I walked in and it was like, here's Pet Cemetery, and then here's The mm-hmm. Aftermath, which appears to be like a sexy Nazi movie. Yeah, what is that? And the Informer too. I was like, "Oh, what are these?" Okay, I didn't see the, those. Oh well, well, the Informer and Miss Bala. Did Miss anyone? Miss Bala see is, the...
1: is a great original movie. If anybody has not seen the original, I highly re- recommend seeking it out. If you like extremely depressing movies.
0: <laughs> but now there's one with Gina Rodriguez and Anthony Mackie. Yes, but so like from katherine hardwick too yes which is an interesting choice and um i but there's like two movies that are coming out and i swear to god like i thought i saw the entire movie in the trailer and then it was like but no this is the twist that actually makes the movie start to happen and both of those movies involved like the dea being pure evil or like using people i was just like holy shit what is happening And so really what I'm hoping to find out is that like Miss Bala and um, the Informer are like sort of the split and unbreakable type of thing where you find out that they're happening in the same universe.
1: I I hope the aftermath is just a remake of the reader as well.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Bill, so Bill, you didn't see the, the trailer for aftermath, the aftermath as well. I don't believe so. It's like, Kira Knightley is like a British woman who has to come to like Hamburg or something right after the war. And she falls in love with a guy who's not her husband, but who is like the German who owns this palatial estate.
2: I've, I've seen that trailer in front of something else. I don't think it was in front of this movie. Um, I I can't remember what trailers were in front of this movie. Um, I think we might have gotten there just a little bit late. We definitely saw, like, one or two trailers, but that was maybe it. So I'm, I'm one not, of those
0: people who – I really pay attention to the trailers before a movie because it lets you know what the marketers thought this movie was. <laughs> and so we have, like, the aftermath, which is this Merchant Ivory-esque, like, you know, it's got the – The the evil piano for, like, the setup. But then, like, once the two lovers finally, like, look each other in the eyes, like, the the frantic violin starts.
1: (laughs) I I love that just, like, where Sarsgaard just, like, lightly touches her shoulder. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's it's, supposed to be, like, the erotically charged moment. Like, oh, no, they definitely get it.
0: (laughs) Well, we already saw Jason Clark touch her twice, and she acts (laughs) like he stabbed her with a knife. So I don't know what the hell is going on yeah. in this movie. I, I pray th- this is the movie that could have like the crazier twist of the year because like if it turns out that he's like Yosef Mengele or something, <laughs> I feel like people will not stand for a movie where like we're supposed to root for these two like misbegotten lovers and then it turns out that like he ran a concentration camp. I just feel like that's not a good idea <laughs> in this current Sometimes. political climate.
1: Isn't that kind of the reader? Like, spoiler alert for the reader, but isn't it definitely, like, a Jewish person and someone who worked in a concentration camp? Yeah,
0: she's, like, the the head mistress Nazi, but, <laughs> okay, like, yeah. it's supposed to be... She's supposed to, like, she signed up for something but, like, couldn't read, and so that's supposed to, like... Sl- I I've never seen it, but this is what I've <laughs> given to believe it is. But anyway, so we got that, and I was like, okay, so I guess they think that this is, like, a passionate... You know, thing, I guess, because of whatever the hell is happening between Anne Hathaway and Matthew McConaughey, but then we start to get these crazy shitty looking action movies and there was a point towards the end where I was like just do it, just show me a dog's way home like, just throw that in for good measure Anyway
1: Is that the third one or the second one?
0: (laughs) I think it's the second one because there's a dog's purpose, there's a dog's way home and then there's like a dog's journey or something yeah a dog's journey is coming out this year in may there's too many things about dogs a dog finds the meaning of his own existence through the lives of the human he meets isn't that literally all of these movies anyway i just want to watch the dog i don't give a shit about the human yeah just give me a fucking puppy cam or something but anyway 90 um, minutes i'm good with it So anyway, all that's a lead-in for uh, us talking about Serenity, which we can't do yet because we still got to do some other things. For instance, uh, find us on Twitter at Film Stage Show, Facebook, The Film Stage Show. Find us uh, – or actually, you can email us, podcast@filmstage.com. And of course, as always, you can give us a comment and a rating on iTunes. I hadn't looked at that in a while. We actually got a new rating and comment in December from Asval998899 on December 2nd of 2018 they wrote binge worthy thorough and fulfilling film critique they are well informed on filmmakers and openly admit when they are not it is impossible for them to be familiar with every film made people anyone who has studied film can recognize these guys know how to watch and talk about cinema binge worthy podcast for film enthusiasts wish older episodes were available as well nine nine eight eight nine nine they are available you just have to go to the com. and i think that he specifically he or she impossible to tell wrote this specifically in in response to like the only bad review we've ever gotten where someone gave us two stars and called us uninformed and said when half the speakers admit they haven't seen the past work of the director in question it's usually a bad sign <laughs> You know, so whatever. Thank you, Asval998899. Um, yeah, that
1: is a lovely review. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, it
0: great review. I really liked it. Um, so if you'd like to have your review and your username read out on this podcast, find us on iTunes. Give us a comment and rating. You know, don't be an asshole. Give us five stars. Um, what else? <laughs> Go to patreon.com slash the film stage show to help us produce this podcast by giving as little as $1 an episode and uh you get access to our super cool slack channel great raffles and such and um you help us to produce more episodes and then in addition we are brought to you by mubi the online streaming cinema where every day their fantabulous curators bring you a brand new film to watch and you have 30 days to watch it sundance is wrapping up and they've got their sundance takeover series we talked about it a little bit last time they have got buffalo 66 from vincent gallo got yeah, but i'm a cheerleader and of course podcast favorite director darren aronofsky's debut film pie from 1980 1980 1998 is on there as well so you got a bunch of really great stuff that you can check out if by going to mubi.com slash film stage getting yourself a free 30-day trial of Mubi. movie yeah <clears throat> gotta love movie it's great um <laughs> i'll just say it again the 30 film thing the rotating schedule lends an immediacy and also like a, sure. a finer level that helps you to actually watch movies because i went on netflix the other day with the solid goal of watching a movie and i am like five episodes deep into the first season of cheers now and i just don't know when <laughs> it's gonna stop <laughs>
1: But that's, that's a good hole to fall down. There are
0: I many have, bad holes. I and, have... Yeah, oh God, there's so many bad holes. But, like, I've watched the entirety of Frasier, so now it's like I'm watching Cheers and I'm like, Frasier's in this somewhere, but I think he doesn't show up for, like, a season or two. <laughs> <sighs> so anyway, yes, moviecom slash filmstage for your free 30-day trial of movie. And, uh, yeah, before we begin our uh, review of Serenity, we do have a very special announcement. Uh Uh-oh. Yeah. Yep. A special announcement. Oh, no. What could it be? (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, two years ago, we did our first ever film stage show awards, also known as The Stages. Now... (laughs) It was a very intensive episode. I
2: was I was the winner.
0: You you were. You you somehow collected the most awards. And that's why we never did it again. No. Really? The reason we never did it again was because, in all honesty, my computer couldn't handle it. There's so much production that went on to putting that went into putting on that show. But the time has come. With a brand new computer, with a whole new lease on life, the time has come for the stages to make its grand return. And thus, we're here today to announce the second ever Film Stage Show Awards. Yeah, with that music build. <laughs> it's a good old holst on the soundtrack. Aw, <laughs> uh, yeah. So what are the Film Stage Show Awards? They're the only awards show that matters, goddammit. We have some of the only actually artistically relevant possible awards in all of cinema. Awards like the Why Are They Talking Like That Award for Worst Accent, the Diamond in the Rough Award for The Best Thing in a Bad Movie, the Eon Graffat Award for The Worst Hero, and the Sound in the Fury Award for Most Nonsensical Plot, amongst many others. All of the possible winners are selected by Bill Graham, Michael Snydell, and myself. And this year, as a special change of pace, even though, again, we've only done this once before, and that was two years ago, Jordan Raup, our benevolent Lord and Master, will also be nominating. So, four options per category. And who is the one who chooses the winners? Why, ladies and gentlemen at home, it is you, the listeners of this show. this Friday, two days after this posts, there will be, on Twitter, on Facebook... Uh, probably we're going to be talking about it And handing it out to our friends as well A link that you will be able to follow To fill out your own ballot These are the awards that put the ha- power In the hands of the people So if you would like to vote for The Man's Best Friend Award for Best Benevolent Animal And the Law of Nature Award For the Best Malevolent Animal All you gotta do is keep your eyes peeled Look at Twitter Look at Facebook If you're not following on this, us on those Do it now because you're not going to want to miss the voting period for the stages yeah they're coming damn (laughs) (laughs) that's awesome there's nothing i love more than being able to play holst on this movie podcast (laughs) anyway so yeah the stages are coming um people were excited for them last year and we did not come through for them (laughs) but they are back baby the stages are happening so get
1: excited i'm sorry to the one listener who i tried to convince that they missed last year
0: that was the funniest fucking thing ever we totally gaslit someone into thinking they just missed the stages Uh, and other listeners Uh. piled on that's why we have the best listenership in the whole podcast game but anyway we aren't here just to talk about the stages and to read the one new review that we've gotten in like the last seven months we are here to talk about serenity the new film from writer director steven knight who's previously done lock and starring matthew mcconaughey (laughs) jason clark and anne hathaway this movie is about hey, don't, a Don't you forget Diane Lane. That's true Diane Lane is in there. And Jimon Hansu who is great mm-hmm. and Jeremy Strong who uh is quickly becoming one of my favorite character actors. Yep, yep, yep. Yep. This movie is about a dude who lives in an island paradise. He's a fishing boat captain who is obsessed with catching a tuna. And one mm-hmm. day his ex-wife big shows tuna. up. It's a super big tuna. Um a tuna named Justice which is The Johnny Cash song that we were all promised but never received. Um, Anyway, one time his ex-wife shows up and is like, hey, how about you kill my new husband? And thus he, the captain of the boat named Baker Dill, is launched into a world of uncertainty and conspiracy and possibly murder. Here is the trailer. I like to say, everybody knows everything. What if the truth was, nobody knows anything?
2: I got a feeling today is the day. Today is the day. I can feel him this time. I can feel him. good to see you john took so long to find you what do you say say i'm not called john anymore it's funny huh where would you want to find me my husband has never seen your face you were right about him
0: he's violent with you what's this oh yeah serenity so here's the thing about this movie When I first saw this trailer, I was super excited for it because there's nothing that I love more than a sunny noir about a woman out of the past coming to get a man into some criminal mischief and fishing. Um, (laughs) And uh, then we started to hear some craziness about this movie. We heard there was a twist. We heard the twist was insane, unbelievable, just completely batshit crazy. And we heard the embargo was the day before it came out. (laughs) Yeah. And so suddenly it became very important to me to see this movie. And so I did. And then Bill did. And like I said, we bullied Michael into seeing it. Uh, I think that it's hard to really get into the bulk of our feelings on this movie without divulging what that twist is. So I'm going to declare this like a full on spoiler podcast Right yes. after we do, like, a very brief, like, nutshell, our feelings for it. Like, so, okay. like, should people see this movie and what did you think of it? So, like, I'll go first. I don't know. <laughs> it's hard to say. I, I think I come out at the end of the day feeling like you shouldn't see this movie if you want to see a good movie. But there might be a small part of you that will be just, just like, I don't know, if you're with friends and you're drunk And you need to see a movie that you could talk about afterwards, not because it has, like, deep themes, but because, like, you just need to, like, be sure that it happened. I think that, like, almost everyone in it is universally very bad. And I Mm -hmm. think that it's more interesting to think about the creative process behind this movie than to actually, like, watch it. And so, like, I am almost wholly negative on this film But I think that, like, the idea that something like this could get made is fascinating. And I'm excited to just, like, bury ourselves under the layers of insanity that went into making this. And to try to, like, understand the moral compass behind the writer and director of this movie. Michael Snydell, you saw this most recently. What are your thoughts?
1: Uh, No, absolutely not. I I think this is incredibly boring for how insane it is. Um, I, I think that it's less a problem with the plot, though, than the actors. I, I just don't think they they commit to Knight's direction, but Knight's direction felt so drowsy and low-key to me but that by the time this does, you know, uh, reveal what it actually is, uh, I wanted them... To react as such with that knowledge Uh, so yeah like I I can just say like I I had hoped this would be you know have that perfect miscalculation of something recent like um, The Book of Henry and I just uh, which was a film I was fascinated and and baffled by every second and this film was more like the last 20 minutes I'm like oh okay now we're getting somewhere oh this is going to keep going Oh, we're still going. Uh oh, and then we're going to bring in some really really questionable morality. All right,
0: sounds good. <laughs> Credits. <laughs> yep, that sounds about right. All right, Bill Graham. Um I fucking dug this movie. Uh I loved
2: it. I loved it from beginning to end. It's it's stupid. It's dumb. Definitely go see it with some friends. Uh someone that you can talk with. Uh even go see it with your mom. Uh she she could be into it for uh for the McConaughey butt and uh you can just like giggle along at at the stupidity. Um this movie's real real dumb. This movie has high concept values. And it commits to them wholly, and it's funny to see the relatively good actors on screen just basically falter under the weight of the script not doing them any any real justice. So um, this movie's dumb from beginning to end, including the opening sequence, which is just like baffling dumb. And yeah, I, I enjoyed it from beginning to end. Um, it is way too fucking long and it goes on for way too long by the final twist. But, uh, yeah, you know, I, I, I think there's, I think there's something interesting that Stephen Knight had as kind of a nugget of an idea. It's just too bad. He, uh, he stuck with like his first like initial like state and didn't run it by anybody before like making the movie. So that's unfortunate.
1: Bill, All but right. here's the important question: Did they digitally remove Matthew McConaughey's genitals in some of those shots?
2: Oh, I, I'm I'm pretty sure because I was definitely looking for some McConaughey junk, and uh, it was not on screen.
0: I um, that's a that's a good way to lead into. It. So again, you know, <laughs> if you're if you're worried about spoilers, for this movie, you know, get out now. There ain't no junk. Um, it's a. I was curious about that because like it did seem like there were certain times when it was just like oh hey like (laughs) i feel like there should be a dick there like (laughs) like when he's when he's naked in the ocean or even like some of the times he's like standing up just from like banging out Diane lane you know uh it's very possible and it it would make sense if they did because uh as we can now say this whole movie takes place in a video game did we already say spoilers yeah we did Oh, okay (laughs) yeah this movie takes place in a video game um yes it does so here's the thing. I, I, I want to know first, when did you guys have an inkling, even if you didn't have the whole thing? The first time they showed the kid clack clacking away on his keyboard, I was like, because here's the thing. The movie opens with a a young man's face bathed in light, and then it zooms into his eyeball, and then there is mm-hmm. the, the water and everything, and then, you know... We jump up and there's the boat. And so my initial thought, and maybe I wouldn't have had this if I had known there was a twist. Or maybe I would have, but just not believed myself. I was like, this shit isn't all happening in this fucking kid's head, is it? <laughs> and then they show him, like, clicking away. And I was like, is he? Play- is it a video game? And I was like, that's crazy. Because, like, and we'll have to get into it. Because he's not just, like, playing a video game and inserting a narrative in his head. And it's not like... He's playing a video game that already has a narrative. Like we learn that this child sure. is rewriting the central programming of a game <laughs> that he presumably bought. And maybe yeah, I I couldn't tell if he bought the game or was producing it himself
2: I, I think he's producing it himself but uh that's pretty fucking incredible considering there's like a team of like a hundred people that usually do that shit and, and he's it takes one him, kid it takes, yeah it takes them like six months
0: unlike so, an alienware computer yeah
2: yeah so i don't know like i mean you know maybe maybe what we're seeing is a high-res version of that and so you know
0: right because yeah, he um yeah. We see shots of the game on his computer, and it looks bad. Like it looks,
2: yeah, it looks, looks Minecraft. like some state shit. <laughs> yeah, it, it looks, looks like nineteen ninety seven. Yeah, yeah,
0: like um, it looks like Mist or like worse than Mist, honestly. But like, I was so yeah. Like that's when I first had the inkling. I was like, but that's the craziest goddamn thing that I can imagine. Like it's like if you watched like goodfellas and then it zoomed out and it was like oh that's the craziest level of like a uh, grand <laughs> <GTA>. theft auto <laughs> mm-hmm. but it, again it becomes so much darker than that when we start to learn that the kid is like manipulating the code and that's why like sure. if it w- if it really was just like goodfellas grand theft auto i would have been like fuck this movie this is dumb as hell but the fact that we learn that this man's son has created a digital version of his father so that he will, in the video game, murder his stepfather so that the kid himself can find the courage to do that in the real world. That's some shit that needs to be talked about. Like, that's so much more of an idea. And it almost makes me say that, like, the twist isn't a twist. It's just, like, a reveal. Sure. You know, but, like, I can't, like, this movie transcends the normal ways that we talk about movies in its Mm -hmm. insanity. Mm Mm-hmm. But I I can't. No, sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, so when when did you both, like, realize that, or get the first inkling that, like, this might be a video game? Or did you have other ideas of what you thought it could be?
1: I'm looking at my notes to make sure
2: I, I I didn't I didn't know what the fuck was going on throughout half of this movie. I was just along for the ride. Um I think my I can't remember my first inkling, but I mean it, it's it's kind of seeded throughout the film. Mm-hmm. Um as soon as the as soon as he starts uh uh interacting with uh Jeremy Strong, um mm-hmm. that that whole sequence I was like, "Oh fuck." Oh. Yeah. Like and they kind of spell it out there a little bit, but they they're still kind of tiptoeing around around it sure. at that point. But but immediately, my mind was just like, "Oh fuck, this is a game." Oh fuck! Wait, what am I watching right now? When I
0: when I first started to like think that it could be a game, I was like, find, I was realizing all these like very specific little things, like um, like his radio literally says like Plymouth Island Radio, yeah. And then um and the guy is like he never tells you what time it is like sure. he he see, and I was just like that does sound like a really bad video game radio. Mm-hmm. And um and then you got like the kid digitizing in the water which I found weird but I mm-hmm. thought maybe it was just like he's insane or he and his son do have like a weird telepathic thing. Yeah. And then I was wondering if like the kid was dead maybe um I thought the kid was like communicating
2: through through the world mm-hmm. and making the world basically interact with his father, um, I thought the kid was basically transferring a shit ton of money and hiring actors to basically help his father try and kill <laughs> – his other father
1: that's that'd be so much cool <laughs> um and so and
2: spo- yeah. Like, yeah, cool. you know spoilers for a <laughs> like, couple
0: movies that we've talked about but we all like i am totally down for movies where someone goes to like insane lengths to help someone out psychologically and, mm-hmm. and so i i am totally down for like this becoming shutter island <laughs> to get yeah. matthew mcconaughey to murder a man
2: yeah, and, and that's what I thought that that character was that's played by Jeremy Strong. I was like, I was like, why is he so rigid and why is he like not giving him the information? And it felt like he was basically like, I've been paid a lot of money to basically give you this fucking thing and you need to take this thing so you can find your tuna or whatever. And like, go out to sea and go get this done because yeah. I mean the promise of money has already been made clear Catch and fucking so two that's and then kill this guy <laughs> yeah and, and so that's what I thought it was I thought it was basically just like the kid was somehow spying on his father from very far away and like secret whizzing himself into that area and basically had a bunch of people set up uh, where he was funneling money to them and, yeah, telling them exactly how to act and what to do and what to say, and like making shell companies and stuff like that. Like, I mean, it, the movie kind of establishes that the kid is like a genius. And I was just sure. like,
0: okay, that kind right. of So he's like, like, he could be manipulating the, the stock market shit. to make a bunch <laughs> of money, to do wire transfers to this island. The other. Yeah, sure. The other concept that I had outside of video game telepathy uh, – video game and or telepathy was um, – because they – like Matthew McConaughey has this very poorly sketched in backstory about him being in the army. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was going to become like a, a Jacob's Ladder scenario type of thing where like you yeah. find out that he's like in a coma – because yeah. there's a point where he's like, you know, talking about like being blown up and those are my arms and legs in the sand or something. And I was like, oh, maybe he's in a coma. And all of these people, like he's dreaming of like catching a fish because like his brain is just trying to repair itself sure. through like repetition and monotony. And like as he's laying there in the hospital, like all these people are coming in and talking to him. And so hmm. maybe he's like hearing his wife coming and being like, you know. Oh, John! Like it's I, I screwed up so bad. I never should have left you. This guy sucks, and like his son will come in every now and then and be like, "Dad, you so, gotta so wake up." So you can...
2: who's Diane Lane? Is is that a nurse? A just nurse. like taking, yeah, a nurse taking <laughs> advantage of him being in a coma.
0: Maybe like, he's maybe not taking advantage, but maybe she's like the only person who like treats him nicely or like you know sponge sure. bath. i don't know bill like wh- how does <laughs> I, it make any more sense for her to be an npc in a game where you can apparently bang people out but you're not allowed to die well, like don't think bang people out <laughs> 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 that's not a phrase this, 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 <laughs> a, like, oh, oh that's a definitely a phrase you could, yeah i've heard people say bang out i'm not gonna oh, look oh, it up okay. but i know it's happened um
2: <laughs> well i think i think that's definitely what's happening in this movie getting banged out (laughs)
1: yeah i I think the weird thing about this to like actually bring this into an actual discussion with like an actual problem with this is that you know i think it gives it up both too quickly and doesn't do enough with it so like i'm looking at my notes and the two things that where i was like oh something's off was perfect day to catch that damn fish on the radio as you mentioned mm-hmm. uh brian and then um this shot where it's like a digital shot swerving around matthew mcconaughey yeah pretty early on and then i just wrote he's the game question mark. <laughs> <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> he is the
0: rapper the game
1: but like but seriously i guess i want to use that to talk about like You know, in a certain way that was almost a tell because it reminded me of, you know, like a a certain like P.T. Anderson style look and feel to it that I was like, okay, we're obviously trying to get something very like kind of uh, clammy and very mechanical that's Mm -hmm. happening here. But like that's what's so weird to me is even once they kind of reveal the twist, the the first twist, I'm going to say like right after he has the talk with Jeremy Strong. And then he literally can't get up until noon. Like Mm -hmm, I kind of mm -hmm. wanted some like – I wanted some kind of Groundhog Day, Edge of Tomorrow type, you you know, almost shenanigans. Like I I almost wanted them to mess with it and push it a little bit. And I feel like they do a kind of – a little bit. Like you have that fun thing where Matthew McConaughey like stops his normal schedule and he just stops his truck and like goes to smoke a cigarette I believe or something like that. So you have that. But like – the thing that I find so weird is i don 't know why Knight did not like uh, pump up like the hysterics and like the histrionic qualities of this like it's really it 's really strange to me that like from the beginning you know this has like literally the 90s erotic thriller font mm-hmm. it, it has it has just like an immediate b movie feel and like the dissonance that also comes from something that both Looks kind of nice, but also like oh, those are huge actors. Like, like it has that, which automatically makes it like a weird oddity. But like, I, I just don't understand why, for having such a ridiculous twist, this is so so weirdly like low key. Even and yeah, even
0: until the end. That's really my problem with the movie as a whole. Even going sure. like, like okay, so like. <sighs> So many goddamn things to talk about. So, like, you're going to make this movie, right? Like, you've decided on this plot where you want it to be this kid cracking a video game open, stirring up its guts and turning it into a my dad's going to kill my new dad simulator. And a coping with trauma thing. Right. So, like, how about, like, you really, like, (laughs) lean into that shit? Like, (laughs) like, make it make it weirder even like
1: it's strange Kill a random person in the bar or something like a- anything there's
0: like, break that reality right and so like the mo- but the, the weird thing is i think the problem is that we don't see like like you were saying like a groundhog day-esque baseline sure. you know so like the movie opens with him already being a fucking maniac like yeah. pulling a knife on a bunch of guys to catch a fish that he's apparently obsessed with
2: yeah, and, and fish that he then what was that they don't they don't even like really good do a good job of like seeding why the fuck this fish matters that much right, and that's like, what i'm saying like sure
0: it, it's like you find out like okay so like in the game like you have like a primary directive and yours is like catch the fish but it's like y- so the, again it's just weird because like i feel like if if this person stephen knight the writer had played a video game he might have done a better job at this because like mcconaughey just comes off as immediately insane like i can't imagine playing a video game where like you fucking like press a to draw a knife on the drunk tourists so that you can catch the fish you know like (laughs) yeah sure it's it's just strange so like if he had like done a thing where it was like you know part of it's a fishing simulator or like you know something like it it sounds like a very boring video game but i guess that would be better instead we start off and matthew mcconaughey is like ahab trying to catch this goddamn tuna and and then from there it can only get stranger but it still seems like it's trying to remain like naturalistic (laughs) and i think if it had really leaned into the repetitive weirdness of a video game sure you know like like have him like go to open a door and then like like to the to the rope and anchor or whatever and have Uh it be locked and then have him try again, like, look at his watch, see the time turnover, and then try it again and have it open immediately. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, that's the type yeah, of yeah, stuff. Well, they did that. Well, like, 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 have
2: him – not even have him do that. Have him – Come up to the bar, look at his watch, and then right when it ticks over, he's able to open that door. Like Mm. you don't even have to have me – show me that it's locked and then it's unlocked. All I need to know is that for some reason at 7 o'clock, that door is open, Mm -hmm. and there's not someone literally at the door unlocking it for him. It's just – it's accessible at 7 o'clock. Like why?
0: I don't know. And you could make that like, okay, maybe he's, and that would play into like the uncertainty if that's what you're looking for of like, is he like just trying to like control his drinking and so he refuses to drink before seven sure. or is it, or is he a video game character? Cause like, mm-hmm. you know, we do have that thing where he sort of wakes up early and can't get up until like the time really ticks over and he's allowed and Jeremy, but Jeremy Strong at some point comes up and says like, oh, he's like 20 seconds off of his like rotation or whatever. But we yeah. haven't seen him on any kind of firm rotation.
2: Yeah, that was such a weird, like that was such a weird
0: introduction of a character that
2: just doesn't do anything, and you're just like, why, why is why is this? And him running into the water is admittedly
1: a good image.
0: I, that I is say. a good image, but that's like again, it's just weird because like he does that as soon as they pull in. And then we don't yeah. see that character for like two days in movie time yeah.
2: yeah and and it just it feels like he just doesn't do anything with that character until that character is basically just like you know following him along like a lost puppy, and everybody's just like, "Hey, you should talk to that guy, he's following you and whatever and and you're just like. Why is the movie avoiding this interaction? Because it doesn't feel like Matthew McConaughey really has a reason to avoid that that interaction, and so you just know falsely. Okay, then it's the movie. It's the plot mechanics. Basically, saying it seems purely accidental. Yeah, and it's just like, why is this happening? Like, McConaughey is not well off on his feet. He lives in a fucking like trailer. Right. I'm uh, not a trailer. A, uh, it's like a shipping a, container. Yeah. A yeah. shipping container. And, and I understand that that's like popular and whatever, but it's also like a shipping container. So, you know, it is what it is. But I was just like, why is he avoiding the potential of like this guy? Like all, all they would have had to say was this guy is really well dressed and he wants to talk to you. Maybe you should talk to the guy that's really well-dressed because he's probably got money to offer you at some point. You know, mm-hmm. it's like like a, a well-dressed guy does not just follow you around unless you owe taxes. Like, I guess maybe he <laughs> owes taxes. But, you know, that could have been a plot where Kanahe's just like, uh-uh, I, I don't want to talk to that guy. Right, he
0: could think that he's a bill collector. But the weirdest thing for me is still the fact that, like, you you're seeding this twist, and the twist itself revolves around like you can't break the rules. Mm-hmm. But like there haven't been many rules that we've seen. It, apparently, no. the only rule in this video game is someone can't die. Mm-hmm. But like, well, that's my question. I understand allegorically
1: the rules, but what is functionally the rules? Like, who is it? His son who is writing the program for the rules literally as a uh emotional shield or is it something within the company of who made this game like i'm i'm just curious
0: whether you guys had any sense that takes me back to my question of is this like the sun independently coding a video game in its entirety or is it him cracking like you know the newest blizzard video game you know PUBG, (laughs) right You know, PUBG's got rules. I mean, I can only imagine a movie that takes place in the PUBG universe would just be insane. Um,
2: Well, uh, definitely one of those rules is not uh, you can't kill somebody. Right, no, it's you you have to kill
0: someone. (laughs) It's just Battle Royale. (laughs) You know, you you open a fridge and it's filled with guns. Um, Yeah. So, yeah, it's like if the rapture happened um, and the only thing that got left behind was guns pretty much mm-hmm. is what <laughs> PUBG's is like which uh now that Guns i've said it you. is the greatest idea for a movie ever um <laughs> <laughs> the leftovers but with more gunplay <laughs> but yeah so again like i <laughs> without be without knowing for certain and i feel like the only way the movie makes sense is if the kid buys this like microsoft fishing simulator 1998 game and then like starts to mess around with it mm-hmm. but and it's just cracking it the whole way Right. Um, because if he's written it himself, there's no reason that he couldn't just be like, I'm going to make like a one-room video game that's just my dad beating the shit out of my terrible stepfather.
2: Well, I mean, certainly the kid programs, uh, I want my original dad to fuck my original mother.
0: That's – thank you, Bill. That's yes. another crazy thing about this movie. And this <laughs> this concept that we've built in – Of this kid is fundamentally changing the programming is, is he playing his father or is he creating a life-like simulation wherein he just has to fix certain (laughs) variables to make, like, is it like The Sims where you can Mm -hmm, sort of mm -hmm. take over a character and make them eat if they refuse to do it on their own? But, like, if you, like, hit the go button, like, they'll just do whatever?
1: Mm -hmm. or is it just a programming exercise is that what you're saying
0: right like i can't tell if he's like all right i'm going to press like w to make my dad walk forward or if he's going to be like okay i'm going to start the game now and i'm going to let the npcs do their thing like if you were in Mm -hmm. skyrim Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. i love playing skyrim if you're in skyrim and you're standing in like the middle of the um the white run market People will have conversations. People will buy and sell goods. You know, you'll see someone, like, get pickpocketed. Like, the guards will murder someone if they break the law. You don't technically have to interact with the world of Skyrim for a reasonable facsimile of life to go on. Is that what this game is doing? Like, is there a playable character somewhere that the kid is just refusing to push forward while he's trying to make his NPC dad kill this guy who uh, apparently he is also programmed in his his stepdad and his his mom mm-hmm. you know because like that's that's crazier
2: well like maybe here's, here's here's the other weird reality of this video game is this idea of an afterlife as something that you basically so i like here's here 's where this movie is smart and then also dumb at the same time right <laughs> because i think I think what it's trying to kind of play at is that the afterlife is basically you stuck in a video game where you're watching your son live his life or whatever that is right and in this world his son has basically created a reality where his father lives on in this video game and so in a way that's kind and and his father doesn't really have a lot of say over what is happening even in his own world right <laughs> and so this this is kind of an idea of an afterlife where you're basically an, in a a a controlled character in a video game that you just basically have to live through that your son maybe is like the ultimate programmer of like to me what this what this movie is about is basically how can his son contact and connect with his father who's in an afterlife and has basically set up a video game where he's allowing this NPC to basically live out what his father would would do or say or act like. And I feel like that's kind of interesting and that's like something that to kind of chew on and and kind of chew over. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, no, but for real, it's a fucking video game. And I'm just like, ah, man, come on. Like,
0: you were so close. <laughs> Bill keeps coming up with all these interesting ideas that then get subsumed sure. by the fact that it's a video game. So, yeah. like, but that's that's the another kind thing. That's another kind of thing. So there's that Black Mirror episode, San Junipero, um that sure. stars uh, Mackenzie Davis yep. and, and Google uh, MacArthur. Yes. Right? and that's like you upload your consciousness into this computer and you can do whatever you want and like i um that's one of those ones where everyone was like whoa the twist is like it's a video game and i 100 percent picked up on that because that all that episode also opens with something that's very telling it's a video game with a car crash and a bunch of other stuff and so i was like oh it's the woman who's stuck in a coma so like and th- I, I don't know if we've ever spoken about this, but I still maintain that that is a harrowing and frightening ending. That is like that a lot of people read is super happy, but it's I actually like very dark did. and depressing.
1: I, I, I personally agree with you, but I feel like we did talk about this at some time
0: around table. Maybe I'm not I sure. I think we did. That I, that makes sense. Um, but yeah, like I found it very depressing because my thought was, you know you die you go to heaven or you don't or you go to you know hell or whatever the afterlife is like it's it seems to me deeply disconcerting to consider the idea of a facsimile of my consciousness stuck in a machine forever um and the, the that episode ends with like a picture of the server farm and all these little lights blinking as heaven is a place on earth plays which, again, the idea that anyone could see that and think that it's a happy ending is just baffling to me. And I imagine that uh, the guy who writes all of those episodes just laughs himself to sleep every night. But um, this this movie has sort of the same concept. Where, like, this son has apparently created, through coding, sure, such a deep, true... <laughs> honest representation of his dad that, like, he has flashbacks to, to Fallujah and still feels, like, the pain and anguish of, like, losing his wife and his son. Sure. And, it's, and, like, the son, like, has to give all that to his, like, dead father who is living a full life, I guess, even when the computer is off, unless the kid just never turns off the video game, in order to, like, manipulate his father into killing this guy in the game so that the son can then be like, okay, I've now like fucked with the universe enough that I know that my dad, who I looked up to, like with enough, like pushing and stress would also do this thing I'm about to do. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Cause the whole concept is that this kid is using this game to psych himself up, to stab his stepfather to death. Yes. And that, that is a victory. (laughs) This Mm -hmm. movie ends on the positive note of this child taking his dad's knife, murdering his stepfather, getting away with it, and then writing a version of himself into the game so that he can like live with his father. But that child is not in that game. Yeah, That child still has to live in the real world where he butchered a man with a knife. See,
1: the, the thing... The thing – the only reason I hesitate a little bit with this, like I understand this, but but I don't necessarily think that on its face this idea is necessarily the problem. Because in some sense, I – this feels like the type of narrative turn that would come in uh, a Jonathan Nolan film to me. Like this seems like something that – You meant to say
0: Jonathan, right? Isn't that – Uh, Christopher Nolan's brother, who has written a number of okay. I just want to make sure because I'm about to start shitting all over Deadwood or not Deadwood Westworld, and I want to be sure that that's okay.
1: Yeah, I was talking about Westworld. I was talking about. I think he also wrote Interstellar. Don't quote me though, but either way, Jonathan Nolan—he's kind of become okay. Interstellar was a film I like quite a bit. I personally
0: first draft of it, and then I think Chris rewrote healthily.
1: But my my point is that like. Uh, that this is the type of film that that like nolan 's nolan 's work like wants to combine a grounded emotional thing with a meta backstory and try to like uh, sorry try to like weave those together in a way where you can get a pure emotional connection out of it, like when I think of the end of interstellar that 's something that the longer you think about that ending. Uh, the more convoluted and kind of dumb it starts to feel. And similarly, I felt that about a number of Westworld things, which I, I won't spoil any particular things because that hasn't been going that long. But uh, anyways, uh, my, my point being, though, is like, I think that there are people that can get away with this kind of like dumb to the bone plot twist. But you... You have to commit to, like, that swooning, like, pure emotional force. And I, like – I think it's weird because I feel like they start to a little bit – like, the moment, for instance, when Jason Clark dies, like, that is the right type of, like – Operatic pitch for me, right? Like I I would have liked something (laughs) a little more pompous, like in the background. Like I I feel like it's the music in the background is just a little too subtle. But like that is the type of like fever pitch that this needs to be at. So then, like bring it back and like then cross cut with you know his son looking at the knife and things like that. Like those are there was a way to do that. It was always going to be dumb. (laughs) But there's a way
0: to do it. I think that actually like – so my friend Dan Gavazda at one point asked me when we were talking about this movie, do you think that at some point they said like this is too straightforward, it needs a twist and like they made the video game thing up and Mm -hmm, like did it mm -hmm. in post because like it could very easily be like almost written out completely and the rest of the movie would still play straight. But
1: it's it's such a half-baked, like, body heat-style thing. Yeah.
0: And, like, ah, but so this is my thing. Like, I I don't think that that's true. I think it's just, like, a poorly – executed idea that this guy well, had from the beginning
2: if, if, if you know who steven knight is he made an entire movie with tom hardy in a fucking vehicle traveling between two places right. like this but is I not think... a guy that's going to deliver a half-baked body heat film and then the studio sure. is going to be like hey <laughs> you should really mix it up and he's going to be like okay well, that's what i was hoping to do anyways you know like Wait, no. no he, he also wrote allied that
1: remember how insane allied was
0: he he wrote he okay let's just run through some of his credits he wrote uh lock which we've talked about apparently he wrote seventh son which is crazy he wrote burnt allied um serenity um taboo and peaky blinders and eastern promises and dirty pretty things so like this guy clearly loves genre and he loves like putting a little like english on it you know not the country like when you hit a cue ball and you give it a spin um genre benders yeah and so like i have loved many of his films like i like eastern promises when we find out what we find out about it and like it ends and stuff and i don't want to spoil it i guess i liked lock i liked the the aspect of uh, you know Locke looking in the rearview mirror and talking to his father, I thought that was like an interestingly deployed and you know Tom Hardy acts the shit out of it idea. I think that this movie is just like him wanting to do like a a Palmetto Wild Things kind T-largo. of thing, yeah, and then just deciding that he needs something else and he wants to try to like bring it back to the father and son thing. I don't know why he chose video games. Like, I, I, you know, fuck. I really Shit. wish I could talk to him and be like, why that? Why? You already kind of seeded this concept of, like, telepathy and stuff. Why not just, like, really literalize it. the concept of, like, connection between father sure. and son? And, like, maybe the reason that he finally kills this guy is because he realizes that if he doesn't, his son will. And, like, Mm -hmm. maybe he's. That's what I
2: thought it was going to be. Right. It's
0: like a way to save his son because he is older and wiser and can do it in a way that, like, you know, works better. Um, I.
2: Get away with it. I really
0: loved, like, the way that the movie resolves that. Like, he doesn't just knife the guy in the back and shove him overboard. He, like, plays into his ego, gives up the fish, and. Doesn't have to, like, silence Diane Lane's nephew or son. I can't remember. Sure. By, son. Son. Yeah, It doesn't have to silence Diane Lane's son because he's like, you know, the customer has asked that I transfer over the rod. And the kid is just like, yeah, OK, <laughs> that's fine. Yeah. And then he gets pulled out and uh, and he dies. And so, like, I thought, like, if this movie were normal, I would say to myself, ah, very clever. I like that. Like. Not great, but, like, thematically relevant. You know, sure. everything is wrapped up now. But, like, the concept of, like, the fact that, like, that's all just happening in a computer game. Well, a 13-year-old boy is stabbing a man to death. It's assumably as he, the dad is, is beating and or, like, ravishing this kid's mom. I don't know. That just makes it worse. That makes it weirder. And then to have, like this strange ending where like now they're going to live together in this digital paradise. That's like held on a consumer grade PC, mm-hmm. you know, I think, like there's just I think they also wrong with that. They're also drawing attention to their own hollowness.
1: In what way? I, they're dr- drawing attention to how hollow that emotional connection is mm-hmm. and how it is only that, you know, that so many of those pieces don't actually matter like not even in a video game way as you're saying it's not like someone's giving a quest or anything it's right. not like the the stone i yeah I, I don't know
0: i think that at at its heart this is a a very this is a very dumb idea um however i think that the concept of this movie and and the idea of like you know a video game character breaking its programming to do something else. Like, that's sort of like sort of like Wreck It Ralph. Sure. You know, but like there's a way to do that in a more adult way that I think could be interesting. But again, like it, it you'd have to know it from the outset and you'd have to really play with the mechanics. Like, I think it would be interesting as if like at some point, like, cause Hansu. Uh, pays a guy to break this dude's hand so that he can't go out fishing and be killed i think it would just be hilarious if like they showed up and his hand was all mangled and shit and they're like all right here we're gonna fix it and then they just wrapped a bandage on it and it was good as new Mm -hmm. like you do in a video game sure sure you know things like that like like, especially once the you, you tipped the bean can on us you know like Mm-hmm, lay mm-hmm. into it like it, have Matthew McConaughey realize like all right I'm, I'm in a fucking video like there was a point when I thought it was really gonna go all out when um Jeremy Strong's character is like you know so killing this guy that's your new like primary directive and Matthew McConaughey's like yeah and then he's like well then I guess it's my job to help you and I was like mm-hmm. oh fuck yeah like the whole video game's gonna become sentient the entire mm-hmm. island is gonna like show up on the shore and just chant kill him kill him oh that'd be so cool <laughs> right because i thought like okay now the game is adapting and like that's gonna do something but like instead they sure. just like get there in time yeah. and jeremy strong doesn't do shit no i e- was even the idea that jeremy
1: strong was getting drunk like uh the rules getting drunk is an interesting idea that yeah. isn't isn't like let alone him being the rules the idea of specifically getting drunk and therefore telling the player too much like that yeah. is a cool idea
0: yeah and
2: that's yeah. It's, it's there's it's there's, there's a lot like of like
0: that that make this movie yeah. harder to, to deal with
2: yeah, there's 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 definitely things where it's frustrating that it took a right instead of that left, right? And and that's kind of all throughout this film. Um I think there's definitely like a high concept idea at its heart that's maybe more interesting than than kind of initially a lot of people are going to give it credit for. And I feel like this movie is being written off as just dumb to its its core like all throughout. And I think there's still like little interesting nuggets that like could have happened. Like this is not a movie that is just inept all over the place. It's just inept in the way that it decides to execute what it decides to do right Mm -hmm. it's it's more of this movie is kind of boring this movie is kind of like inert and and it's got ideas that could have been mined for something much more interesting basically i want to be that kid and take this movie and break it open and be like this is what should happen (laughs) you know like yeah, like where's where's my fucking controller? Like I, I want I want access to that base code so I can I
0: can fuck with it. So I I feel like similarly like this is a movie that is at war with itself. It is at once overthought sure. and underthought. In in so far as like I picture sitting down and being like, all right, so what's this movie? It's this guy. He ran away to this island. His wife shows up and is like, I want you to kill my new husband. He's like, not good to me and your son. Okay, like, that's good. Like, that's a good little noir. Like, it's a morality play. I think, you know, we can get some stuff out of it. And then he's like, what? Ah, God, you know, without using a bunch of flashbacks, like, how am I going to build a relationship between this guy and his son? And then he's like, what if they're, like, telepathically linked or something? Well, that's a bad idea. First draft, whatever. I'll just keep it in. And then... Mm -hmm. So he starts overthinking it and then he's like, okay, I've got it. So this kid is a fucking genius and he's going to make a video game and he's going to use that to like reconnect with his dad who is dead now, by the way. And and then he just like builds up to like, all right, and then he's going to murder his stepdad because his computer dad is going to like do it and he's going to feel good about it. And so like that's thinking the first decent potboiler movie way too far and then not thinking your high concept movie far enough you Mm -hmm. know like once you've decided to do that you've got to sit back with a whiteboard and start sketching some shit out like again the rules you know jeremy strong's character comes up and is like all right yeah um so like you know this is a video game and like there's a it's like an island and you can play all these other games in it you know like catch the fish or like find the cat and i'm like who is playing this fucking video game? Sure. Th- those are your options cuz like mm-hmm. you know what's the other one like oh i want to play jimon hansu's character and play grieve over my lost wife.
2: Mm-hmm. Like man that is a fucked up thing to say to like someone that you i guess be- you feel like you have a connection to. Right like, and again Jesus. that's how we are
0: like, introduced to these characters. Yeah. Like that's so fucked up. You know, it'd be one thing if we saw, like, one good day with, like, don't worry, be happy playing and, like, everything is fine. And then the next day Matthew McConaughey is skitzing out and we are aware that he's changing, like, elementally, but everyone else is just, like, acting sort of normal because they're a video game and they can't... Like, if I walk up to someone in Skyrim completely naked and then shout into the air and then talk to them, they'll still be like, would you like to look at my wares? Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. Like, but, like... it. If I come up to them, it's just weird because, like, they're always going to react to me that way. So I could start off crazy. But if you're doing that in a movie, you should want him to start off on the level with everyone else. Sure. And then go crazy. And then have them still react the same way. on, On his passengers. Right. That's a bananas way to open this movie. And I thought it was going to, you know, play into something. But, like, I don't know how much of that is the character and how much of that is the son. Like, ripping this character's brain apart and then and then fiddling with it. Mm-hmm. And then I don't know what – like, it's oh, it's such a weird moment at the end of this movie where, like, the sun runs onto the boat and it goes into, like – Sure. Because I'm like, but that kid is still in his room, feet away from the room where he murdered a man. No, no. He's not in his room then. He's in a jail room. Oh, is that's that –
2: Yeah, he's in, in like, like an interrogation interrogation. room. But but there's a news report that
0: says that he's, like, going to get out. Sure. The interrogation – so, like, when he's sitting in that cell, be it in a, you know, psychiatric hospital or whatever, or a jail, um, that's when he has the phone call with his dad. Uh, That's so weird. Which is crazy because – like I don't understand what's going on in this movie because how much of like, it's a video game and how much of it is this kid's imagination? Like
2: yes, yeah, and, and that's that's the question. And how much of this is is Matthew McConaughey is his dead father living through? Right? Like because the entire perspective of this film is this character, but this character isn't a living, breathing person, and yet it is Matthew McConaughey's consciousness, and so. Matthew McConaughey's dead consciousness is like living inside this video game. Like who, whose perspective is this? I don't understand unless we're, unless we're going off of the idea that this is kind of like an afterlife and he somehow managed to program like an NPC version of an afterlife.
0: I have known my father for almost 32 years, right? mm -hmm. You know, I had a chance to talk to him as a child, as a man, you know, we've talked about, like, relationships, college, like, life choices, work. I don't think that I could create, even if I just had to write shit down <laughs> in plain English, a a simulation of my father that gets even, like, 50% of the way to, like, the complex human being that he actually is. And he did mm-hmm. not die in a war when I was a child. Yes. So I don't know how this kid has created, so, and like, yeah, they're like, oh, he's so smart, he's so smart. And I'm like, that doesn't matter. It, it, like, how does he create such a psychologically complex, apparently spot-on fucking image of his dad? How does he That's- know about the first time that his dad had sex with her his mom because she finally wasn't underage anymore?
1: Mm-hmm. See, those are all the things that make this so much less interesting than a lot of the strange kind of almost like passion projects you get from people. I mean mm-hmm. we even even comparing this to something like glass, I, I, I think glass is far more interesting than in this. I, I, I don't think glass is – I know Bill doesn't like glass. But what I'm saying is that I think that there are a lot of things, just a lot of very intentional flaws and like strangeness and like – lack of resolution in glass that i think makes it interesting to think about right and And i agree more the more that i think about this movie the more i'm getting frustrated that it's broke out in in the same way as a lot of these like crazy movies you you know whether you want to talk about like a, a cure for wellness or like uh the aforementioned book of henry like I I know that those obviously – or even Life Itself recently. Like these are all movies that are infamous because they seem – they seem just like that there are so many strange decisions that are so completely committed and I, I just – I don't feel that with this movie. Like I'm not suggesting that – Again, as you were saying about what Dan was proposing, I'm not suggesting that it wasn't in this movie or something. But, like, all of this, like, vacuum-sealed quality makes this thing so much less interesting to me. Mm-hmm. The very fact that, like, I, I mean, it is the the things that almost aren't discussed. Like, I can't remember. What is the last scene with Diane Lane, for instance, in this
0: movie? She, like, walks um, out of her house when he's, like, going to kill the dude. Okay. But like but like what does that mean like <laughs> like is she as a character only ever in that house and now she's like stepping outside for the first time you know and 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 like bill already said like Gemijon Hansu uh, like he
1: breaks Jason he hires someone to break Jason Clark's arm like what a moment in the film that's like so destabilizing and strange and it I was I was absolutely nothing.
2: <laughs> I was hoping so much that it wasn't gonna be like some some ten year old girl inside that bathroom, just like
0: bloodied and like Oh yeah. I uh, was Jesus. I was deeply concerned about the places this movie would go. Yes. yes. But like, you know, do like, you want to talk about a movie where like a, a young girl is killed by a psychopath who sort of looks like Jason Clark? Um only God forgives. <laughs> hmm Sure. You know, like that can happen in a movie and the movie can go on and it becomes a whole thing I, but like you know this movie instead he's just like bleeding profusely cuz Jimon G- 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 Hansu hired someone to break his hand but they still get sure. him out on the boat but like yeah it is one of those things like where I, I just i'm i'm with i'm with mike on this a lot where it's like except i sort of felt the same way about I'm sorry. My cat is purring so loud I thought it was in the room. <laughs> it's purring under the door, which is weird. Um, so, like, A Cure for Wellness I had, like, a similar issue with as this movie. Mm-hmm. Except, like, I-, I just felt like that was, like, a collection of, like, weird ideas that never cohered. And, like, the mythology didn't make any sense. And the character motivations made very little sense. <laughs> this movie... I think the fact that it is laying on two planes of reality makes it closer to, like, Sucker Punch for me. Mm. You know, Mm -hmm. where it's like, you had this idea that let you do interesting things with a dark story that maybe you didn't want to tell. Because, like, can you imagine... this is the same twist as that movie, isn't it? Pretty much. Pretty much. So, like, in Sucker Punch, (laughs) it's it's a girl who accidentally kills her sister trying to kill her stepfather. Stepfathers are the worst. Um... I thought there's you know, a lobotomy, though, as well. <laughs> well, so like in that movie, like she she goes. This is, to, this is all reality. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, she she goes. She goes to a her her stepfather's. Like I'm taking you to this mental hospital. We're gonna get you to bl- lobotomized. I'm gonna take all your money. Uh, and so then, okay. and then I can't believe I'm explaining Sucker Punch. Um, so in Sucker <laughs> Punch, she she goes one level deep and imagines that instead of being in a psych ward, That's she's in a psych ward that is eight undercover brothel. That's right. And then okay. within the brothel reality that she is created to escape from her psych ward reality, she creates another reality where her and her friends are like a team of like anime superheroes who are killing things. Um, sure. And, and that's just like, it's a way to like tell this extremely dark story that doesn't make a lot of sense. That first introduced us to Oscar Isaac before we all knew how much we were in love with him. Um. <laughs> and it, it doesn't really work, <laughs> and this movie is sort of the same. Where it's like this kid has created this other reality to psych himself up for murdering his stepdad. But like, if you think about if you think about this, like imagine both Sucker Punch and this movie told only from the perspective of actual reality. Mm-hmm. 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 Like that's super fucked up and weird like this movie would literally be this this uh i'm I'm gonna use this term and i don't mean it to be an actual diagnosis it's just like this movie deploys it in that way that conveniently autistic thing that Uh, we've talked about in some movies
1: it it, it does kind of feel like that yeah
0: where it's like oh we need this kid to be so smart but also like not the the kind of smart where he can like defend himself against his dad without imagining his own father who died in iraq it's like, oh, well, let's just, you know, he just say he's fucking autistic or something. Like, have a line in there about how they took him to see someone and they don't know what's wrong with him.
2: Oh, um,
0: which I hate. I hate that in movies. Um, but, uh, yeah, like, it would just be him sitting in his room playing a video game until he eventually stabs his stepfather. Uh, it'd be like yeah, uh, United States of if he's such a fucking genius,
2: maybe he should spend some time and figure out how to kill his father without having to do it with his
0: fucking bare hands. Right. He should, like, he should die of a brain tumor and leave a series of notes for his mom to follow.
1: <laughs> We're just spoiling every movie.
0: Right? <laughs> I didn't say what movie it was. You could probably yeah, but, infer. Perhaps uh, his name could uh, be Henry and I, I, there I, I, could be uh, some uh, okay. kind of book.
1: No, and no. Anyway, though, I, but I see. Here's the thing. I, I think Sucker Punch, as we pointed out, like is a is a great example in terms of its two planes, as you're saying. It's but three like, planes. Sucker Punch. I also believe Zack Snyder has played a video game. Like uh, that. That oh, game definitely has right. a ton of video game logic. That is, you know, I, I'd say it's relatively interesting. Even I, though I that
0: fucking movie anything. takes place in the '60s. <laughs> sure. I don't
1: have any strong fondness, but, like, that is that is the thing about this movie to me is I, I keep trying to, like, think about a discernible mood, a discernible atmosphere, and it's just, like, so not there. It's right. th- very confusing to me. I think,
0: the, <laughs> I think if we knew nothing about video games, I think that we would be more open to this movie because, like – you know, huh. again, Michael, you and I had, like, a whole episode where we talked about uh, Wolfenstein. Wolfenstein, yeah. And, like, uh, I have wasted so many hours of my life playing Bethesda games like Skyrim and Fallout 4 and Fallout 3. And, um, like, I I get video games. For, like, that's a dumb way to put it. But, like, I understand them. And so, like, the concept of attaching the mechanics of a video game to a movie is interesting to me. It's one of the reasons why I really liked Edge of Tomorrow slash sure. Live, Die, Repeat. Um <laughs> i don't know what we're calling that anymore sure that tom cruise movie where he dies a lot um and so (laughs) and so yeah It like that's a great movie that is video gamey without being about video games but it, it, it plums those mechanics in many of the same ways that like a movie about an actual video game should do it like all right you know you fucked up screw it kill yourself like start over You know, you you get the timing of everything down, and then you get right past it, and you feel so jazzed, and then, like, you forget that there's still other obstacles to get through, and you die. You know? Also, the kind of, like, impatience of, like, having to play the same parts of the same level over and over again. You can Mm -hmm. feel his, like, ever-increasing exasperation with having to explain everything to his military unit again. Because he's just like, I want to just jump past this cutscene. Like, how do I skip this cutscene? Because I know I'm going to fucking convince you. Um, yeah. and this that's, movie, it's it just a version of that. And this movie is just, it doesn't have that. It's, there's nothing there. It's, it's this sure. pointless thing that only again, serves to highlight the fact that like in this movie, the victory, the, the, this movie has a happy ending and that happy ending involves a young teenager butchering his stepfather after having, used the memory and and a close psychological facsimile of his war hero dead father as a means of, like, psyching himself up for it. And, like, you know, you could go into it for hours. Like, what does that say about, like, the hero worship in the military? What does that say about, like, fathers who leave their sons at an early age? Or what does it say about toxic masculinity what does it say about uh, all this other nonsense crap like what do we think about a mother who like doesn't realize that her son is rapidly ascending towards murder like but the movie is so wrapped up in just like the mind-blowing moment where we realize it's a video game like did the movie want us to cheer during the scene with the tuna and the knife like did the movie like want us to be exhilarated by one but then like show us the stark reality of what was happening in the other like or did it just what what was its intent like you know are we supposed to be like yeah get him matthew mcconaughey and then be like chastened by the image of this boy walking out of the room ready to murder (laughs) like it's it's hard to know for certain and i don't know that I'm sure it's kind of gross. Yeah, it's it's just it's a weird, (laughs) gross, strange thing to have to have lived through. And I think that if there's anything that's instructive about this movie, it's it's the idea of like, really think about what you're saying and the way you're saying it. And be sure that you're willing to stand by that. Like, don't just do it because it's cool. Don't just do it because it's interesting or it's going to get people talking like have have a greater purpose to it, or do it because it's cool and it's going to get people talking, but make sure that it makes goddamn internal sense and you've really laid everything out <sighs> I, I I think that's the the best way to go out on this indeed uh bill, any final thoughts mm, no <laughs> okay uh, i
2: i mean i i just I just can't believe this movie uh takes place in a video game where uh you You sleep with your mom. That's that's really fucking
0: weird. Again, however, the original video game, the original video game, maybe you wouldn't sleep with your mom. This kid had to program that in. Man. I
1: know.
0: This kid had to mod it, you know? I know. I know. Put a new skin on someone. Yeah. I still can't believe that this is a video game where they're like, oh, we found out that the player wanted you to kill someone and that has to stop. You should go find this woman's black cat and then go fuck her for a while. Mm
2: hmm. Mm hmm.
0: You know, it's like another
2: another odd choice. Another odd choice.
0: Yeah. It makes it sound like it's almost like Farmville, you know, like you can go catch a fish or you can find this woman's cat. It's like, oh, okay. you know, what what uh, what do I get for that? Well, you know, if you catch the fish, you get money. If you uh, find this woman's cat, you get to fuck her she's real loud it's just like what the shit kind of video game is this
2: mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. and then you uh your character will <sighs> stand up and you get to see his nice toned ass with no tan lines
2: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. oh yeah
0: yeah all right all right all right. <laughs> all right all right all right all right
1: so anyway that's it, that's it for good today good
0: thank you for uh thank you for enduring this with us hopefully it's been a fun fascinating romp for you listening at home Don't forget to go on iTunes, give us a comment and rating. We'll read your comment aloud on there. Uh, Don't forget to go to patreon.com slash show and give us your money. Don't forget to check out Mubi for your free 30-day trial. Again, go to mubi.com slash filmstage. Don't delay. You will be able to see their Sundance takeover. Um, Probably one of the next episodes you'll be hearing from us, actually. Will be a wrap up as we do every year of the Sundance Film Festival with all of the people from the Film Stage who went there. So look Ooh. forward to that. Again, that's a 30-day trial movie by going to mubi.com/slash/FilmStage. Also, keep your eyes peeled on the Sochmeeds in order oh, to f- <laughs> in order to find the link for you the- did not you did not think that through. No Sochmeeds.
2: No, no no no
0: <laughs> i've never i don't feel like i've ever truly upset bill until no. <laughs> this moment
2: <laughs> that hurts it keep, hurts Brian.
0: <laughs> keep your eyes on our social media twitter and facebook for the link to our film stage show ballots uh film stage show award ballots i should say so that you can take part in the greatest award ceremony ever conceived by man Again, uh, those are at Film Stage Show and Facebook.com, The Film Stage Show. So that is it for today. Uh, the next movie we'll be talking about is the Netflix original Velvet Buzzsaw, which stars uh, Jake Gyllenhaal and is uh, done by, someone want to help me out here? I can't remember who did this. Tony Gilroy. Tony Gilroy. I knew it was one of the Gilroys, but there's like seven of them real concern so
2: so so he's a former former rogue one director maybe
0: kind of no that was dan gilroy wasn't it Uh, wait no wait the writer director dan
2: is is the director yes
0: the writer director of nightcrawler and this movie is dan gilroy thanks mike you done (laughs) fucked up anyway tony gilroy Uh. is indeed i think the guy who did the thing with the rogue one right yes he wrote michael clayton yes and was a producer on nightcrawler and was the writer director of duplicity Mm, yes (laughs) there is another Uh, gilroy out there i will not look him up anyway so we're going to be talking about velvet buzzsaw it's on netflix so uh if you have a netflix subscription which let's face it you probably do you'll be able to watch that and then listen to our episode about it so look forward to that in the meantime, between now and then, let's tell the fine people at home where we can be found. Let's start with Bill Graham.
2: Uh you can find me on I don't know, the Slack channel. I'll just stay <laughs> stick with that. Uh you can find me on the Slack channel, um mixing it up. Trying to trying to avoid it right now, because I'm I'm uh not doing something that I should be doing and filling out my stages ballot so that's that's my next project yeah if i so. see you
0: on slack before i see that stages ballot filled in <laughs> i'm a fucking come for you
2: Damn. <laughs> that's okay that's okay
0: all right okay michael Snydell.
1: Uh, i am i am huddling by my heater in oh boy. Uh, in uh, layers of coats and scarves and the, the like uh, in the polar vortex of Chicago. But you can also read my uh, annoying tweets about weather on uh, Twitter at, at Snydell. Hey, have you going over
0: there? No. No, it's warm. Um, have you blown bubbles outside yet? No, I have not. Should I do that? Anytime that it gets below zero, I love to take a thing of bubbles and I love to go outside and blow them because by the time they hit the ground, they are fully frozen.
2: Oh, that's weird.
0: It's super Uh, cool. I've
2: I've also seen pictures of people supposedly having farted in their clothing. And when it's like below a certain degree, it makes like a little puff stain on their clothing. So that's... That sounds
0: gross. I think you should stick to the bubble blowing.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But but bubble blowing, you're talking about with a
0: mouth, not with butt, right? Correct. Mouth bubbles. (laughs) Um, Very sad that I had to, you know, make that... Doubly known. <laughs> um, it's cold here, too. Um, not as cold as where Mike lives, but it's currently 11 degrees outside. Uh, my husky loves it. I do not. Did I tell the story about how the county took my dog away?
2: Not not, not today. Not okay.
0: today. <laughs> yeah, no. There's no time for that. Basically, the husky loves the cold. My neighbors don't know that huskies love cold. Husky called the cops. Um, anyway, so... What am I going to say? Find me on Twitter. Find me in real life on Twitter at Brian J. Rowan. Find me in the freaking harsh virtual reality created by a madman that is PUBG, also at Brian J. Rowan. (laughs) Follow me on Letterboxd and Instagram, also at Brian J. Rowan. Again, I'm not a clever man. Um, Writing and stuff is on thefilmstage.com. And remember that you can find every episode that we've ever produced of this show, all 330-plus episodes, by going to thefilmstage.com. .com. So ladies and gentlemen, thank you again. Tune in next time. Take the sky from me.